Hello and welcome back to this episode of the Ask Me podcast. Dan Smith here, your host for today. We're back in Bristol, the city committed to becoming carbon neutral, climate resilient by 2030. We're recording today in a pretty unique spot, a particular favorite spot of mine outside of work, a pioneering artificial surf destination, The Wave. We're here to find out more about The Wave and the founder, Nick, Nick Hounsfield, former working for his family, to British surfer, to chairman of Surfing England, and now Google defines Nick as the British entrepreneur, and rightly Mm -hmm. so. His story and journey to date is a fascinating one, underpinned by this ideology of blue health, a very inspiring story with a very clear purpose. Nick, thank you so much for taking time out of your hectic schedule and joining us today, welcome. Oh, thank you, yeah, lovely to be here. Awesome, and we're with, of course, Martin Fahey, Head of Sustainability at Mitsubishi Electric, welcome as well. Brilliant. Thanks for having me again. Perfect. So, Nick, I've, I've done a bit of digging, tried mm-hmm. to do my homework. <laughs> the creation of The Wave, as I said, it's an inspiring one. But before we sort of navigate that journey, I want to start with, with the mission and vision and this clear purpose. Where, where, did this, where did this come from? Where did this originate? Uh, I guess it goes back to my, my previous career, which was um, working in healthcare. So mm-hmm. I was an osteopath for about 18 years, um, <clears throat> treating people with sort of um, neck problems, back problems, um, and trying to get people fitter, healthier, and, and back to work and life. Um, and um, I guess it, it goes back to suddenly realizing that there was some commonality around why people were getting unhealthy. Mm. It's because they weren't exercising enough, they yeah. weren't eating good food, they weren't um, connecting to each other, weren't connecting to nature, being outdoors. And so I started to think about what a place could be that would be able to bring en masse people um, outside into nature mm-hmm. and starting to connect to themselves and their health, to other people, but also the planetary um, mm-hmm. health. Um, so that's, that was the sort of the seedlings of the idea. Yeah, <clears throat> there's a lot going on. Yeah, always got a busy mind. Um, and then... Um, yeah, and then one day was um, uh, I, can, I consume a lot of sort of I've been a surfer for like forty five years, yeah. um, and I consume a fair amount of surf media. And and one day uh, they released this brand new technology that made perfect man made waves yeah. in a lake inland, and that was sort of the real eureka moment mm-hmm. um, because I suddenly could see already had the uh, sort of vision of what a space and a place could look like, feel like, you know absolutely could could see it Mm. but i didn't know what that cool hook in the middle that would actually make it financially sustainable to be Mm -hmm. able to build it um and um suddenly that was the eureka moment where if you put that right in the middle of of you know pristine countryside and got people outside into nature use that sort of cool marketing hook of surfing and waves but actually it's not it's not about surfing and waves it's actually about human health and the connection to planetary health. So this huge sort of holistic picture of yeah. wider than just sustainability, wider than just profit at the end of the day. This whole idea from the wave was was built on a triple bottom line philosophy. Yep, 100%. Do you want to give our listeners a little bit of a flavor as to what that sort of means and, and what the founding sort of pillars are of the triple, triple bottom line philosophy? Yeah, so um, just winding it back a little bit, the first mm. person I talked to was Tim Smith from mm. the Eden Project, uh, amazing guy who's obviously built a 
pretty bonkers thing yeah, uh, himself um, and doesn't you know isn't shy about sort of celebrating how hard it ha- it was yeah. to do um, but how together they managed to build something really incredible mm. so I spoke to him um, and he told me um, it was a ridiculous idea but <laughs> definitely should do it um, and he put me into contact with an amazing guy um, Chris Hines he's uh, got an MBE for service to, to the environment uh, he set out um, set up or co-founded surface against sewage mm-hmm. and uh, I guess he was he was he became my mentor really mm-hmm. uh, along the way and he said look before you do anything else, why don't we sit down and write a sustainability policy before mm. I'd even put pen to paper on any other any mm. other thing? Because if we do it now, if we do it right at the start, then we will then flesh you know flush out the people mm. who really are coming and working with you yeah, for sure. the right reason. Yeah. Um, so that's how it started. So we, we we sat down, I think, in 2012 and wrote our first sort of uh, sustainability policy about who we are and why we exist and why yeah. you know what our mission was. Um, and it's great because that was that was the starting document mm. and, and became part of our DNA. Mm. So that triple bottom line philosophy is just balancing yeah. finance, you know, the financial bottom line yeah. um, with the social bottom line. Mm-hmm. You know, being good to people um, and then Absolutely. looking after the planet as well. So that balance of the three uh, is a really important. So all of our all of our decision making should go through that channel all mm. the time and trying to get that perfect balance. It's the perfect vehicle to, to success. Yeah, this exactly. Is pr- yeah. Proof, proof is in the pudding. It's a future facing business, yeah. yeah. So Martin, from, from, you know, Nick talks about uh, the sustainability policy for our mm. listeners today who are potentially on that journey to creating yeah. a sustainability policy. Why is it important to have one? What does that look like? Um, give us Martin's top, top tips for a sustainability <laughs> yeah, policy. Yeah, no pressure. So yeah, oh well, Nick, great to meet you and thanks for having us and, and you took some extra time before this as well to show us around and it is a really inspiring space yeah, and uh, not something that I, I, I've connected with before but certainly speaking to Dan mm-hmm. last night and on the way down he's just like his big, <laughs> as you can tell, his big fanboy for what, you're, <laughs> for what you're doing and rightfully so, I see it now, I do. I I'm trying to it. play it calm here, Mike. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> no, yeah, you failed on that one. So, yeah, uh, Obviously, we're coming at this from a from a different perspective. We're a hundred year old company. We're a manufacturer of lots of different things. I often say, you know, satellites to semiconductors mm-hmm. and uh, everything in between. You know, and for us here in the UK and Ireland, the bit of it that I have some responsibility for, uh, a big part of the discussion is something that I know that you engaged with, which was heat pump technology, mm-hmm. which as again fits with your mission you're mm-hmm. very clearly with your mission you know we need to generate hot water how can we do it in the right way yeah. so we'll maybe touch on that a little bit later mm. but yeah it's um you asked me specifically about where do you start uh, and i i get this question a lot and it doesn't matter whether you're a big company a startup company <clears throat> uh, someone with a you know a, a bonkers idea or a radical vision mm-hmm. or or you're an sme mm. yeah, the important thing is is you get started yeah i think and and the, you know, it's an easy, maybe a glib answer to the question, but you start recording, you start understanding where your impacts are, what you're buying, who you're buying from, why you're buying, mm-hmm. you know, just, just get, get involved to start to um, look to understand that because it doesn't matter whether you're a small company, a large company, a relatively new startup, leisure um, business, you, you have impacts and you have um, the ability to 
to do things differently, hopefully in, a, in the what we would class as the right way. But you won't know that until you engage with it and understand yeah, sure. where mm -hmm. your impacts lie. Mm -hmm. So that would be my broad so get, advice. Yeah, get started, <laughs> get cracking. Um, Nick, just bring you back in. So you, you had this this clear purpose and vision, and, and you've obviously got some great mentors that are supporting you to, to drive this idea around the, the wave mm -hmm. um, that's come to life. What you spoke about how hard it was not to sort of bring back those challenges, and I'm sure plenty of sleepless nights. Yeah. But you had the purpose. What what then was the were the hurdles to get you to where we are today, where we're sat in a an awesome safari tent with the waves crashing behind us. Mm -hmm. um, the PV array is being built in the background. You might hear some clanging and banging. What are the challenges to begin with? Uh, yeah, quite a few, <laughs> yeah, <I bet. laughs> to, to, to say the least. Um, I guess the main thing was trying to find a location. I already yeah. knew that Bristol would be a great place. One, because I live here and I wanted yeah. to go surfing more. <laughs> totally selfish. Yeah. Um, but actually, the reason why I was living in Bristol and, and we settled here is is that combination of a big enough city that we mm. could you know, earn a living and, and have a good lifestyle, but also really quick access to get to the beaches and mm. be outside and, and in nature. So, um, and I think that there's a lot of like-minded people in Bristol so I thought well, actually it is, it is a good place to do it and, mm. and it's right on the crossroads of M4 and M5 corridor so mm. in terms of you know being able to get people here it's yeah. it's ideal um, but yeah we had a sort of few full starts on finding land um, completely lucked out um, with um, our uh, um, landowner because I, I went to it's, um, a company called Hydrog. I went to them saying, mm. can you help us with some acoustic engineering for another site we were looking at? And uh, he said, yeah, I could definitely help you, but I'd be more interested in helping you if you build it in my land. And he said, well, wow. where is your land? He said, yeah. you're looking at it right now. So the, the headquarters is just at the top of the hill here. <laughs> he said, I've got like, 180 acres. If we could put it here, yeah. It, it would it would do, wow. do so well so um so that was that was really fortuitous yeah. um but then we had to get planning and we had to yeah. get planning in green belt which is um pretty yeah it's pretty tricky you can do it with leisure and outdoor activities mm -hmm. um but we had to make sure that we were treading lightly because it is green belt but mm -hmm. actually that fits our ethos anyway so yeah. we weren't going to suddenly do something monstrous yeah. um but it didn't mean that we had to sort of take care and also reassure um, the council that you know I've, I've never built anything mm -hmm. the technology was completely unproven at that time there's so much risk in there yeah um, but you know they, they they were great and and you know backed me and the team for, for us to do it properly mm -hmm. um, and then came um, building the team so um, uh, a guy called Craig Stoddard who's a friend of mine came mm -hmm. came on board and probably put the sort of business sense around around the business uh, mm -hmm. in terms of financial modeling and 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 the sort of structure we're going to go forwards with um, and then built a team around around us um, and and then the massive thing massive task which was once we got um, planning permission uh, raising 30 million pounds of something yeah. that's <laughs> never yeah. been done yeah. before <laughs> in, a, in, in a challenging market but not the worst market but um, yeah. yeah that was that was that was full on so we, we had a sort of about 230, 240 Dragon's Den style uh, wow. meetings to try and uh, price. You know. So this podcast is walking apart, really. <laughs> exactly. <laughs> yeah. Yeah, that's, no, we're not um, facing the dragons here. Yeah, exactly. Uh, you, you mentioned something there, and having spent uh, uh, some time down here in Bristol now, we spent some time with an inspiring um, set of people at Future yeah. Leap yesterday, didn't we? 
and I wonder if there's something that you know about about Bristol and about this area and about the willingness I don't know uh, you know and a mm. willingness to maybe take that chance and do something different but from a sustainable standpoint that, that mm. seems to come out quite often and I think you touched <clears throat> on it a little bit there as well yeah definitely there's I mean we there's a saying in Bristol doing doing stuff Bristol fashion um, but <laughs> but I think that 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 is now in my eyes that's Bristol fashion in doing in doing things the right way mm. um, that's more future facing than yeah. than 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 probably is is the norm mm. um, and not being afraid I think I think we've actually got quite a brave city um, mm. brave for all sorts of reasons um, but stand up for what what what's right mm. and knowing if you had, if you were going to do it in the wrong way that you would bomb so quickly um, yeah. you, you just you, you would you would just be um, you know yeah the next next days you know the next day nobody would come yeah. and see you yeah, um, so um, so it's building a community whereby people have a similar purpose that then go actually I believe in these in, in this group of people who are going to build this new yeah. thing um, and what's great is then you you you, you attract the right the right people, the sort of like-minded and right-minded people to come come on that journey with you, mm. either as followers just generally or become investors or, you know, for me, a big part of it was getting that initial um, professional, which is yeah. so expensive to be mm. able to achieve with no money. I literally started with 500 quid, so um, that wasn't going to get very far with the lawyers. <laughs> um, and, you know, and then backing us going, actually, I really, I really understand the vision. I want to be a part of that. Um, and we'll back you to do it. Mm. Um, so yeah, so I, yeah, that's why Bristol is a great place to do it. Yeah. Um, but I think doing something just a little bit out of the ordinary, but also future facing, I think this is a great place to do it. I'm sure there are other other cities yeah. that 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 are like minded, but this this is well, perfect say, for us. Certainly, having spent a few days down here now, uh, you, you do get that sense. You yeah. get that sense of a of a, a you know of electric officials who sort of get it and mm -hmm. who want to look forward and and create something different in this yep. city maybe yep. something different from its previous legacy and, yeah yeah you know and, and strike forward so, yeah and, exactly uh, yeah you get to meet Bristol. some inspiring people yeah, yeah. yeah. Bristol's yeah. certainly leaving leading the way that's that's for sure I mean their commitment and as I said in my introduction that the carbon neutrality goal and, and carbon resilience I think it's a really key word in by 2030 mm -hmm. um, you know you spoke about this idea of, of risk and, and I think our whole net zero agenda to get to net zero by 2050 is, is unfortunately underpinned by risk we don't really have a clear direction mm -hmm. as to where we're going uh, perhaps a, a real lack of legislation but no lack of guidance maybe mm -hmm. that's the guidance that you've been sort of um, able to get along the way to to create this um, but yeah as you guys have just picked up on Bristol seems to be really sticking their head above the parapet um, there was there was some interesting stats that came out of the the Bristol one city plan which mm -hmm. is all about their, their you know their plan to be carbon neutral as I said by 2030 um, I'm just going to read off my notes here so Bristol direct emissions in between 2005 to 2017 58% of that was power 29% mm -hmm. of that was heat and 9% was transport but we've we're having a coffee early and you said that you know we're now at the wave going to be climate positive or, or, or completely off grid um, and as I said you can hear the clanging and banging potentially <laughs> in the background of, of the big PV array 
what does that what does that mean to the wave in terms of you know your sustainability journey and, and being um, off grid? Um, really good question. It goes right back to right at the start when myself and Chris Hines sat at the Blue Bar in in um, uh, in Porth Tawan, yeah. uh, ha- just had a surf and we were we were starting to sketch out that sustainability plan. So that, wouldn't it be really cool if we put in a red line that we would never ever draw any um, fossil fuels mm. um, to power waves? Does mm. not make sense that we create perfect waves inland, but it's at the behest of mm. of yeah. proper ocean ocean waves, yeah. um, acidification of coral reefs, all the rest of it. Uh, wouldn't it be really bold if we said this is a red line? We will only do renewables. Mm. So I said, yeah, let's, we have to be bold. We have to be bold. Yeah. Um, so every investor that came on board, they know that there's an extra, you know, um, cost in there yeah. that's bolted in because we've got to pay for, you know, extra for the renewables. Yeah. But nobody battered an eyelid um, because it was a red line for us. It was yeah. like, I will walk away from this conversation if yeah, you're yeah. going to insist in it. And the fact that we were able to then later... Um, and it's with South Gloss Council who sort of helped co-fund with a little bit of the end of the um, European grant um, funding to be able to bring this all about, to be able to take the whole the whole site off grid and actually will be contributing back to the grid through what we're building, um, which we made that commitment because it was the right thing to do. But, oh my goodness, half, half a year later, mm. suddenly the energy price hikes yeah, and all yeah, the rest yeah, of it you um, saw that coming out yeah and, and absolutely would, would be blowing us out of the water in terms of us being able to um to operate and and be you know a financial sustainable business mm. um so it's great it's a great example of when you make the right calls and make the right decision that's good for 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 the planet mm. that actually it felt like it was a bit of a pat on the back from the planet go that was the right thing to do and actually yeah. it makes sense um from a, yeah. from an energy point of view and cost point of view yeah. to be doing it that way yeah. so and of course then it's a lovely message that we're going to have you know 200 250,000 people walking through the front door going mm. oh my goodness it's like they've done it this yeah, is it this is done. like yeah it, it can, can be absolutely done can, can be done be a profitable business and yeah. you can look after society yep. and look after the planet all in the all encompassing yeah and it's that relationship why we're sat here today i mm. suppose mitsubishi electric helped you on your on your journey we, su- we supply um all your hot water demand from mm-hmm. our chv units mm-hmm. um and uh, you know that the saying low carb low carbon isn't always low cost is true mm-hmm. but the, the appetite for it and the green investing uh, is huge. So yep. it, it's, it's, as you said, doing, doing the right thing. Um, sort of taking a slightly different tack now, and I, w- I want to talk to you about this idea of, around blue health mm-hmm. and um, the impact that that's had. And, and I guess for me, that's the real vision and the clear messaging that's always consistent with, with yourself and, mm-hmm. and from the wave. So for our listeners who potentially haven't heard of, of blue health, um, if you can try and sum it up, yeah. what does it mean to you and, and yeah. what is it? Well, Blue Health is a sort of, um, uh, it's, the, it's, it's the concept whereby um, being in water, surrounded by water, listening to water, listening to waves, sound of waves, that fundamentally that's really, really good for your body, yeah. um, particularly your mental health. Mm. But also being in in the water and being in uh, a different element, which means you're taking pressure off your limbs, mm. being able to move around in different ways. All of that just is really good for your physical health and your mental health. Mm-hmm. Um, it's something that I massively experienced since 
since day dot when I first got into the water, didn't realize that that element, the element of water was mm. so important to me. And actually yeah. I, I could track back to when I'm least happy yeah. and going, I think that that's because I've not been near or by water. Mm. It didn't need to be waves, didn't need to be the ocean, but near rivers, near yeah. lakes, whatever. Um, yeah. That that was something that really felt like it was really important. Um, and I think particularly post-pandemic, um, I think a lot of people get that now, mm. having been stuck inside for one or two years, going yeah. pretty crazy by not having access to green space and blue space and missing it. Now it's it's really, really apparent that, 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 that everybody understands that a lot more now. Mm. It makes the narrative so much easier to talk about. Um, and so then so coming back post-pandemic, we were so busy because everyone was like, oh, yeah. green, open space. I yeah, there. I want to get out there. <laughs> this, is, this is great. It's like nice and safe. We're out in the open, mm. surfing waves or yeah. watching them. Um, and everybody then going, you know, I, I get so many DMs on, on particularly on Instagram going, this place has saved me. It's yeah. like I, I, was, I was literally going down a yeah, rabbit hole. Um, yeah. But, you know, if I come here once or twice um, a month, it sorts me out, yeah. it sorts me out. Um, so then it's like, right, well, how can we take that? How can we scale that up? Because mm. it was always about how can we impact people's health and well-being? Because actually what we can't do, and I've always said this from the start, is we can't be um, like pastiche. We can't, we can't be middle class um, white playground. This yeah. has to go to people of all ages, all backgrounds, all abilities. So, so post-pandemic is about doing much more of the social impact side where we're going, mm. right, who can't get here? Yeah. Might be because of cost, might be culturally, yeah. might not be able to, not be water confident. Uh, you know, what, what are those barriers and how can we break those barriers down, working with partners so that we can get inner city kids here, people who never would even, probably well, we get people here who've never ever been to the sea. Mm. Um, some of them have never, even been in water yeah. um, and they're coming here is like oh this this looks cool this yeah. this looks mm. great so that is a massive opportunity in impacting people's health and well-being and then what I love is then if we can then look at look at how people have been how people are affected by mm -hmm. water waves that mm. blue health mm. and go actually we need to be protecting these spaces yeah. because yeah. there's loads of natural ones out there yeah. and they're you know plastic pollution and yeah, yeah. you know sewage spills all the reps of, so we go actually we can make a connection artificially mm. to something that they can actually have a relationship yeah, with 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 natural health yeah. um, because we're an island nation but we're 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 so disconnected from Completely. from the water and yeah. and the protection of of those coastlines so there's a you know we're going to do a whole load of stuff on world oceans day this year yeah. and it's combining that 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 blue health of people with the blue health of the planet and, mm. and how we can actually try and deal with the two and educate on, on both of them all mm. together. It's no more important than now, right? We need Absolutely, to yeah. start to stop talking about it and, and do more sort of action from, from my perspective as well. You know, it's, it's um, something I'm super passionate about and I've been lucky enough to, to do a bit of traveling and, yep. and the plastic pollution is just, it's just frightening. Mm -hmm. It's absolutely frightening. Just going back to that link to, to Blue Health, even the walk down from the car park, you get this sense of, I don't know how to describe it. 
you almost feel your shoulders dropping, um, the fresh air, wind in your hair, and you hear the cra waves crashing in the background. Mm -hmm. um, it does really sort of invigorate those senses again, yep. right? And yep. you can um, you can come here and, as you, as you said, you can either get stuck in um, or sit on the side and, ha and have a coffee. And it's yep. just still being around that sort of space. Yep. But that connection to culture, Martin, I want to bring, bring you back in. Yep. So obviously... Um, the, the culture here is prevalent. You only have to walk around the wave and yeah. see everyone with a smile on their face. Mm, and and, and sure. even the staff, Nick, I must mm -hmm. say. <laughs> yeah, so how do we bring that into a big yeah. multi-company, you know, a big yeah. national that's been around for 103 years, the mental yeah. health aspect, especially, you know, working in construction industry where it is male dominant, mm. you know, and it is a, a real key topic. We were only talking about it this morning. Mental yeah, health it's interesting. Ladies. As I say, it's fascinating space. And because it, you... you you created this with that that vision in mind at the beginning uh i think we did as well back a hundred years ago there was you know electricity was a newer thing then and not everyone had access to it mm -hmm. and the sort of company vision at the time then was to i don't know dare i say it, democratize that a bit more and, and and make that you know electrical electrically driven solutions for the good of society i mm -hmm. think was essentially what the founder mm -hmm. um spoke about and we've followed that through for a hundred years, but uh, you know, it's that, I can't think who it was who said it, it was something like, you know, is it culture eats, um, you know, what is it culture eats, you know, your plans for breakfast basically. Mm -hmm. And you know, we, we have a bit of that, you mm -hmm. know, we are the company we are with the hierarchy that we have. Uh, we put out uh, what we think is a, is a quality solution to what society needs, whether that's in a, heating sense or a you know an automotive sense or a factory automation sense of, of all the different things that we do mm. so i don't know uh, it is you know that a culture shift you know it's a bit uh, carrying on with the the sea analogies i suppose we're a bit of an oil tanker in that regard in in trying to shift our direction mm -hmm. but i can see that we're doing it i'm mm -hmm. 19 years into this business now i don't think I would have stayed as long. I don't think they would have had me as long mm -hmm. if, if we weren't um, looking to do something different and about what the next hundred years looks like. So I don't know. I mean, I'd switch that. Is is what you're talking about here applicable to a company, you know, of our sort of size and what we're doing? Um, well, I mean, you hit a really good point. It's really easy to be able to to ingrain it into your DNA from mm. the start. And, yeah. and if you're trying to retrofit change that that is harder without yeah. a doubt but for me I guess it's it's how I see it it doesn't matter if you're a big company or a small company um, is having having that long-term view rather than you know yeah. once you get to sort of big companies it's sort of about creating shareholder value and 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 trying to bring probably even shareholders on that journey of yeah. like we're you're part of this journey um, but you're probably going to be in in for maybe three years or five years or ten years in terms of yeah. investment into it but actually having a really clear almost like a 50-year plan is like yeah. tr trying to m look at things on a generational shift mm. and then work back from that and and allow people shareholders in particular to understand that you're you're they're part of the journey along the way but actually you've got a, a bigger mission ahead of you mm. yeah, and then yeah. and then just work it back and then you can work it right back to what you're going to be doing 
next month as, as a business, but you've always got that sort of understanding right across the country, uh, the company, about what that what that future can look like, so yeah. that you're you're taking the egos out of it and actually going, That's this right. is this is something that is, um, yeah, is a bit of a higher purpose. No, you're you're absolutely right. I mean, I think what you're describing there is what I I would um, call sort of backcasting. You know, mm-hmm. the, the concept of forecasting, big company. You know, where's What's next? What are you going to make? What's the margin? Where yep. you know, forward, forward, forward. Mm-hmm. But we are a company, and I know there's lots of others out there as well. So I wouldn't put us necessarily on that pedestal on our own. But we are willing to plan and be there long term. We're a mm-hmm. hundred years into this mm-hmm. journey already. Mm-hmm. You know, so we know where we need to be at 2050. That at the absolute latest, we need to be operating as a net zero business. Mm-hmm. That is the pledge. That's the line in the sand, the red line that you've mm-hmm. talked about. And we are then backcast, rolling back from there mm-hmm. about where do we need to be. So mm-hmm. we need to be halfway along that journey by 2030. Mm-hmm. I'm always keen to mention that to people because 2050, that is that generational shift. Mm-hmm. And I'm 54 this year. Someone else will be doing that in mm-hmm. 2050, I'm mm-hmm. sure. But 2030 is a whole lot closer. Yeah. You know, yeah. Seven yeah. years, it's around the corner. Yeah. And we need to be halfway towards that goal mm-hmm. by then. And... You know, that old tanker analogy that I mentioned, you know, what have we got to stop doing? What have we got to start afresh almost mm-hmm. as a startup mm-hmm. and how, how we look different? So we, we like to be in and around inspirational spaces and more companies that are on a different part of the journey. Mm-hmm. One, it keeps us on our toes, but yep. it's an inspiration to us as well. And yep. We, we yep. can feed that back. Yeah, uh, as well. So, uh, yes, yeah, I, I think with your oil a rambling answer, no, not at all. I think it's good, and I think the whole thing around being an oil tanker actually, once you have turned that corner, yeah, and you you get up to speed, it's hard to stop then yeah, if you're doing right. it in yeah. the right way. Yeah. So then, actually, you've got proper momentum behind you to be able to yeah, make a change and also lead lead the change because mm-hmm. whilst it's really hard for big corporations to be able to make change quickly, mm. but um, you can absolutely lead the way, yeah. and that and that. Yeah, you know, that that's how you can bring others along. Go, actually, you know, we mm. want to work with you because you've made that change, and we're part of yeah mm. something that's really yeah. going to make a difference. I, I, I talk in terms of us of, of you know we have a sphere of influence now. What, what, uh, uh, whichever way you would scale that, a big one or a small one, and different ones, contractors or mm. suppliers. But we do try and operate within that sphere and try and create, uh, you know, a positive discussion and a, and, a, and a rising to the challenges that we all face. Mm-hmm. A colleague of mine uh, used a phrase, and I'm I, I'm quite happy to steal it from him, which is, we know the end, we know the destination that we're all heading mm-hmm. towards, a net zero world by mid-century latest. But the the paths to get there are so numerous, you know. So it's a sort of a destination without a map is the way yeah. you described yeah. it, and it's a brilliant analogy. Yeah, you know. Your, your journey and the way you've set off in that journey is going to be different from ours. It's going to be different from the contractors who are putting your PV in and mm-hmm. the whole array. But uh, I think we know, I think, you know, we have in society and in news and that, I hope the discussion has, I've seen a shift, mm-hmm. you know, when they're talking about heat pumps on 
breakfast <clears throat> television, you know, <clears throat> that's a change. Isn't yeah, yeah, it? Exactly, you know? yeah, yeah. And hopefully it's a positive change. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Absolutely. Yeah, I think the change is evident. We're sat here with well, yeah. Nick from, from the Wave. Mitsubishi Electric would, would, you know, I wouldn't say never, but it's a complete change in, mm. in direction for us. And we're, we're having conversations now with people that we not necessarily would have done in, 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 no. in previous mm -hmm. years because we're, we're aware of what the future looks like. And it's the same as... Um, I guess my job, you know, we started the, the sustainability and construction team to reflect the changes within the industry and the, mm. where the built environment needs needs to head to. So, yeah, I think we're doing a, actually a, a pretty good job considering the size of the beast that we are. Um, and as I said, the yeah. link between why we're actually here, we're providing you with the re renewable technology to to enable companies like you with this great vision to get to where you need to be and, and you still need a hot shower after yeah, after, a, after a surf in a, especially in, in winter a, yeah <laughs> absolutely from there so yeah really interesting one <laughs> lastly nick um the future what does the future look like we're all obviously aiming towards this uh 2030 goal from from bristol's perspective and then a 2050 goal from from uk's perspective what's your future vision for for the uh, Chief Vision, Visionary Officer of the Wave. What does that look like? I love that title. Yeah, thanks. Um, yeah, it's doing what we're doing um, at the moment, but you know, continuing to improve, mm. improve the experience when people come here, mm. um, improve, I guess, the educational bits around you know um, the blue health agenda, yeah. but also the planetary health agenda and how that starts to sort of come together. Um, particularly from that social impact point of view, like opening up to a wider audience of people who come here not just and, and, and don't think of, of this place as purely a surf place that mm -hmm. actually it's a place to just be tranquil yeah. have fun connect with each other um, yeah. so build that community is really mm -hmm. important to us um, and then future sites future waves um, you know we're right at the start of a nascent industry that's um, you know we were first ones to build anything like this in, mm -hmm. in, in this in this way um, there are five now across the world um, but we see a huge potential particularly in London so mm -hmm. London we're um, making tracks to um, bring one to London um, and look at other cities other areas where it's got the same issues where there's you know um, a need for um, you know, bringing a slice of ocean inland yeah. that, and, and mm -hmm. all of the benefits that that, that yeah. can bring um, so yeah um, there's loads to go out, loads yeah. to go out, and it's about, I guess, for me um, as as chief visionary officer, is trying to get the the balance right between vision and yeah. where you want to be in 50 years time, yeah. but also reality, reality of where we are right now. You know, things like cost of living and mm -hmm. and the market and all the rest mm -hmm. of it is just going. Okay, is now the right time to make that next jump and that mm -hmm. next leap? And being patient, patient, like do an amazing job here and you've got a blueprint for success in the future mm. um so that's yeah that that balance of of vision and reality yeah. and being patient it'll come when it's ready london would be a, a great spot to, to host um a future wave you know there's there's a lot of top buttons done up very tightly and a few tights done up very tightly as well. Yeah. I think with the whole piece around stresses and strains of life, as you just touched on, and not to mention the fact climate anxiety is a real thing yeah. now, Martin, yeah. you're nodding your head. So it'd be great That's to fine, see, yeah. great to see um, a slice of the ocean inland. Mm. What, what I think is key, Nick, is actually your, your role here. How do you replicate 
a version of you mm-hmm. in in London. You know, you can't duplicate yourself. You obviously have a, a presence here at the Wave. You you walk around and people know who you are. You say hello, etc., cetera, etc. Cetera. Um, how do you create the, the the version of you over at the uh, the spot that is let's say it is in London, the, the future wave? Because yeah. I think that's really actually that's really key. That's a great question. I don't think anybody's <laughs> asked me that um, before. But it is, it's really pertinent because there is only one of me um, yeah. and I'm absolutely not perfect. Um, uh, and actually, for me, it's around getting that culture right across mm. the whole team. Mm. So I know, I know that I... I don't have to come to work every day Mm -hmm. to make sure that people are smiling out there because they're fundamentally bought into the same purpose, the same vision as myself. Mm. Um, And for me, I guess it's about my job at the moment is to inspire other people to hopefully think the same way and the Mm. same values. So looking at through a triple bottom line lens, Mm -hmm. making sure we we call it three wave principle, but just, you know, looking through it through that lens and making the decisions that they should be doing with with that balance in check. Mm -hmm. Um, And in an ideal world, I should be making myself almost redundant because, you know, that to me would be success, not because I'm lazy and I just don't want to work anymore. (laughs) But to me, that is the legacy you can leave is taking me out of the equation because actually you've now got a whole fleet of people, mm-hmm. our wave makers, are absolutely nailing it yeah. day in, day out. And also have got followers, customers, um, other 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 people that we work with, partners who absolutely bought into the same vision. Mm. So in many ways, uh, you know, my job is to try and make myself redundant. Yeah. Um, and that would be that would be that would be the legacy that I'd love to see left yeah. behind that it's it it's gonna go ahead without me and, yeah. and that's great. That that takes Egos out and again yeah. becomes more generational shift. Absolutely. So the, the key sort of takeaway for me is that triple bottom line philosophy. You know, where if, if you're a listener and an owner of a business or you're just part of a business, always think about and, and push the agenda of profit, people, and, and planet from my perspective. Nick, thanks so much for your time today. It's been really inspirational story and inviting us here down down to the yeah, wave. I think um, if, if our listeners can like, subscribe, comment, there's a probably only one thing left for us to do and that's uh, don the wetsuits and yeah. go out for a paddle and get stuck in yeah, yeah let's get you get you out there I mean, you said something there nip rightly and uh, i mean the, it, it's great just to sit and listen to you but uh, i mean you might not have picked up on it yourself but you said you know creating a blueprint for blue health mm-hmm. you know that's a takeaway for me and, and just and like say all your staff colleagues mm-hmm. here are living it and and loving it because you can that just comes across when you meet them yep well, well good done. to hear. Been brilliant. Great. Thank Thanks you. Thanks so much, guys. Thank you. Thank you.